by far the biggest win by a football team from the start of the state of Oregon on Saturday was won by the Oregon State Beavers. Hello, I am Aaron Fenches, trolling Duck fans to start the Beaver Banter podcast. Of course, we all know Oregon beat Ohio State, but there was another team that got a big win over the weekend, and that was the Beavers defeating Hawaii 45 to 27 season at Research Stadium. I'm here with Nick Dasher, who was at the game. We're going to talk about that game, the quarterback situation, the running game, the defense. Woo, third down, a little shaky. We're going to talk about Idaho, and we're going to look ahead to the Pac-12 season, since we might as well skip past Idaho. Johnson Smith won't do that, but we can do that as we look ahead to see if this team can scratch out four or five more wins to become a bowl game team. Nick, you were there on Saturday. Give me a brief overview real quick about what you felt how this team looked, how this team played, how this team survived a little bit in the second half. It got dicey. What'd you think? Offense, really good. Defense, good on first and second down. Defense, not very good on third down. <laughs> that's 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 the nutshell version of it. Um, I don't know. Where, where should we start with on this? I mean, it was they were supposed to beat Hawaii. They handled Hawaii. I mean, I, I, I know some Beaver fans are upset about the third down stuff. But it still was 45-27, and for the first time in, shoot, six years, they got a chance to be 2-1, and one, or they got a chance to be above 500 for the first time in six years if they win this Saturday. Think about college football, right? There's always something to complain about or blow out of proportion. Okay, let's start with the quarterback situation. As we all know, game one, Neuer started. Chance Nolan came in, finished, did well got the start against Hawaii, and pretty much lit it up, right? 21 of 29, 302 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, rushed for 48 yards. Jonathan Smith pretty much said today, I think, or maybe it was Sunday, that, hey, you know, you can't really take the job from him after that type of performance. He also said that during the week last week, the team just seemed to play with more confidence when he was in the game. How did you feel about his performance, especially coming, you know, from a week in which he had to compete and hold on to it? Well, I can't argue with anything Jonathan said. I mean, it, it was, I mean, great. It was pretty good. I mean, I, I, I hate the word great because it gets used way too much, but it was a, it was a very Amazing. good, it was a very good performance. I mean, he started out, he hit a uh, chance Nolan in his first 13 passes. I mean, that, I mean, that's a way to start off a game is to, is to get hot and stay hot for a while. Um, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't miss guys. He, he underthrew a couple of balls, but I mean, shoot, you throw 29 balls, you're going to miss a few. Um, you know, he ran when he needed to. He didn't, he didn't just, you know, run at the first, at the first hint of, of a pass rush. Although I would say the offensive line blocked extremely well. He, there was times when you just watched the line. It was like this big line right in front of Chance Nolan with nobody. I mean, he could just spend, stand back there. The only sack he had all day was on him when he stood there for five-plus seconds trying to find somebody when he should have thrown it away. But right. but he was, yeah, he was rock solid and, you know, helped by a really good running game on, on Saturday. That's what, that's you know, that's the foundation of Oregon State's offense is running, running the football and, and, and taking a little bit of pressure off the quarterback to set up the passing game and, you know they were they were in the around 250 yards of rushing on Saturday, and you know that's that was the offense that that we would want to see out of Oregon State. You mentioned the offensive line; they did a, they did a good job against the uh, blitz as well with the backs and the tight end, creating a clean pocket. A chance has a great job of stepping up in the pocket and delivering a very accurate throw, which allows the receivers to make plays after the catch. 
How do you feel about the receiving crew and its connection with the quarterback? Well, I mean, the big surprise from the game was Anthony Gould. He was started for the first time in his career. He's been at Oregon State for three years. He's caught one ball in his entire life at Oregon really? in, a game, in a game at Oregon State. And he comes out, he catches four in the first quarter. He had six by halftime and seven for the game. I mean, he was he was 19 the, and a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, he was the top. I mean, he came to Oregon State as the guy potentially to blow the top off a of defense because he's, he's a fast guy. He was, he was one of the fastest track runners in high school when he was at West Salem High School. Um, but he hasn't worked his way in the lineup yet. He got a chance with Tyjon Lindsay being out and he took, he took advantage of it. You know, Bradford, Trevor, Trayvon Bradford was, was like he typically plays. He caught, I think, six balls. He was, he was, in the mix all the time. And really the only thing that we didn't see much of was the tight ends again um, in terms of the passing game. But, you know, again, that could have just been scheme or, or whatnot. Um, but yeah, the receivers had a decent day. There was a couple of drops outside of that was again. I mean, it's hard, hard to nitpick the, the offense from Saturday. It was, I mean, they finished the game with, I think it was an 18 play drive, you know, to run out a lot of clock and, I mean, just hard, hard, hard to nitpick the, the offense. So if I'm Sam Neuer, though, I'm like, no, man, I could have lit up Hawaii, too. <laughs> Where's my shot to show what I can do? Uh, clearly, as of right now, Chance is the starter. But do you think that Neuer is going to have chances to either A, shine against Idaho or B, right on Chance's heels moving into the Pac-12 so that if Chance stumbles, they can immediately go back to Neuer? I, I think the only question at this point is is if Chance Nolan continues to play like this, he's 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 their guy. I think the only question will be is when Tristan Jebbia gets back to full health. If Nolan's not playing great at that time, you know, that's that's a possibility they, they you know they look at that at that situation then. But I think for now he's he's the starter he's the starter for this next week and unless he gets hurt or something, I think he's the starter for USC and and against their new coach. <laughs> when do you think um, Jebbia could return? Yeah, it's hard to say. He he just started doing some workouts and in, in practice. I, he looks. I'm going to say he's probably two to three weeks out. But I don't think they're going to rush it, especially if Chance Nolan's playing well. I mean, at that at this point, you know, there's no point in rushing as long as Chance is playing well. You mentioned the running game a little bit, though. Let's expand on that. You know, B.J. Baylor, 18 for 171, three touchdowns, 271 as a team, 6.1 yards per carry. Again, Hawaii, not the greatest defensive team uh, in the universe. But did you feel like that there was just a lot more execution by Oregon State versus against Purdue when I think they really struggled against that game, maybe 88 yards rushing? Or do you think it was just Hawaii being – just you know, unable to deal with a higher level of football. Um, a combination, probably a combination. I I think there was a lot of soul searching last week. You know, during mm-hmm. practice with the offensive line not not performing up to up to you know what they had hoped to be like against Purdue. I think there was some of that. I think BJ Baylor has he's shown promise. You know, in previous years in his career, his problem is a there was Jamar Jefferson in front of him. And, and B, whenever he had the chance, he, he, he'd get hurt. And so, but he's shown some ability. And Saturday, he kind of showed what he could do when they, you know, they give him the ball 18 to 20 times. I mean, he showed some speed. He, he had that 66 yard run on the outside where he, 
he pretty much ran away from guys. I don't know how fast those guys are, but I assume they're, you know, reasonably fast. Ran away from them. And he showed some good ability running running tough up the middle. So for now, I think he's kind of won the job, you know, but I think Trey Lowe is going to play some, and Deshaun Fenwick has sort of been moved down to like third tier on this team for the moment. Okay, I know you wanted to talk about the defense, especially the third down situation. You mentioned that fans are upset about that. Nine of 16 on third downs, not a good number at all. At the same time, you know, this is what Hawaii does. They're, they're a pretty good passing team. Cordero passed for 366 and two touchdowns. You're throwing for a lot of yards. You're probably getting some third down conversions in there. What did you feel about their performance on third down and what did Smith say? Well, I think the, the, you know, it, the reason fans get all bent out of shape about it is because they've seen this act so many times in the past right. from Oregon State where they'll play okay on first and second down and just let a team off the hook on third down and that, sort of reared his head on Saturday night again. I mean, they played I, – I think I came up with some numbers. First down, Hawaii averaged 5.4 yards, and that includes a 35-yarder and a – shoot, a 22-yarder among the first down plays. So take those out, and it's probably under four. Second down, they averaged 4.1 yards a, a play. That includes a 40-yarder. So we take that out, and it's probably two and a half, three yards. Third down, 9.3 yards to play. They had not, they converted nine third downs. Every one of them was third and seven or longer. I mean, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. You can't, you can't, you can't win in this, in college football playing defense like that. Right. You can't, you can't let teams off the hook like that. You give up a few, sure, but nine of them, that's hard. I mean, so, you know, Jonathan talked, you know, he's concerned to a degree, you know, he mostly likes to talk and we need to clean some stuff up. That's boy, this staffer loves to talk about cleaning the stuff up. And he, <laughs> so, so, do, you know, and, and, and the white and, and Cordero is going to make teams look like that a little bit. Cause he can run around and, and, he, and he beats people with his legs a little bit. So there was that, you know, you expect a few of those, but not nine of them. And so that's something that's got to get got to get fixed and it may not get fixed this week against Idaho because I don't really expect you know those situations to come up. I mean they're going to have third long situations but they better but they better not they better not give up a bunch in, against Idaho but you know when you get into the meat of the season USC Washington Washington state you know if you're playing well on first and second down you need to finish it with a good third down right what do you think the biggest problem is is it coverage or is it Pressure or both? Yeah, it was pressure. You know, the pass rush has been there, but they don't finish. They don't put the guy on the ground. That wasn't the case. At Purdue, they didn't get the guy on the ground, and they didn't really get him on, on the ground at, uh, at Reeser on Saturday either. You let, a, you let a guy, you know, get out of the pocket. I mean, guys run around, they they get open. I mean, you can't you can't cover guys forever. I don't remember what you played, but weren't you a, weren't, weren't you, weren't you a coverage guy? I was a receiver. Oh, so you probably thought you were always open. So, oh, if you're a receiver, that was ever coming. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, you know, you, you, receiver's yeah. best friend is pass protection for the quarterback, obviously. Yeah. But eventually you, you find a one on one situation if you can run around long enough and, you know, those plays are going to be there. And so right. they just, they got to, they got to get to the quarterback and, and make him throw some bad passes on third down. So Oregon State went up 21 0. 21. 24-7 at half. 
Then it was 31-20 uh, near the end of the third quarter, or at the end of the third quarter. Um, is that a situation where it's like, okay, you, you kind of let this team back in it? It's a little alarming, or was it just a matter of Hawaii got hot and things happened in college football? I didn't. You know, I didn't really think it was – because the offense wasn't was not – they couldn't stop Oregon State's offense. Stop. No, and so it's just – I, if they would have got within one score, maybe start thinking, okay, we got a game here. But two scores, I mean, it just didn't. And then when Oregon State got, they got down two scores, they just took control of the offense and and pretty much, you know, ran nine ten minutes off the clock, and that was that. But um, yeah, it really was. I, I didn't really feel. I mean, when you get twenty one nothing, it's it. You know, it's you can let up a little bit, I guess. I mean, it really should. <laughs> no, it really. It, it really should have been thirty-one to seven at halftime. I mean, Bradford caught about a sixty-yard touchdown pass. They called holding. It was kind of a bogus call. I mean, so I mean, they they were it was it was a dominant first half, just dominant. So even when it was thirty-eight twenty-seven with ten thirty-eight remaining, nope, you were you were never thinking, uh oh. Well, I didn't go to the point where I started rewriting my story, if that's what you mean. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, at Oregon, I mean, at thirty-eight to twenty-seven, if Oregon State's offense had come out and and gone three and out or something, then maybe I would have thought, okay. But you know, they were they were moving the ball. They never had to worry about not getting some yardage with the running game. So they were always in situations where they could get to a third and short and do something. You know, and the, and you know when you got a Jack Coletto on the sidelines, if you can get it to a fourth and one, you pretty much know you can convert those. So I, I just never, I never felt like it was ever in danger on Saturday. And what was Smith's take? Yeah, pretty other much the same. Up, other than clean it up, I mean, yeah, no, it was he's you know he, he did you know he said something along the lines of um, you know there's no, no such thing as a bad win and um, you know things like that. Uh, he was, ha- I mean, he was happy enough. I, I just think, you know, offensively, he had to walk away there feeling good. And defensively, they, you know, they played well at Purdue and maybe took a half step back on Saturday just because of the third down stuff. But it's not something that can't be remedied. And that, and they also, they've got some guys coming. They got Keontae Shad. They're probably their best defensive tackle. I, I shouldn't say he's their best, but. He's a grad transfer from Minnesota. They were they were hoping was going to play. He got hurt in camp. He really didn't. He did really didn't do much in camp. Well, he play, He started Saturday and played a whole bunch. So I think once he starts getting some reps, the, the defensive line will be a little bit even a little bit better. They're going to get Elijah Jones back. He's a grad transfer cornerback from Kansas. So they're going to have some more help back there. I just I'm not I'm not concerned, and it, I. The problem is you're playing Idaho this week, so you don't really know if things are going to get fixed or not because Idaho shouldn't be a problem. You are listening to Beaver Banter, a podcast from the Oregonian and Oregon Live. We'll be back after a quick break. Okay, so you have Idaho, then you start the Pac-12 play against USC. As you mentioned, they fired their coach uh, after two games. He was maybe on the chopping block. Was he on the show last year or was that two years ago? He's been on the hot seat for a couple of years. I, what I don't understand is – What was the year, though, when, when SI.com reported he was out but he wasn't? Was that last year? I think two? it was two years ago. Oh, two, two years ago. Okay. Two years ago. I mean, the problem is 
you, you knew there was going to be a, you knew there was a problem and, and to fire a guy at the first pothole of the season granted it was a pretty big pothole pretty big pretty big pretty big pothole but i mean you knew there was a if you didn't think he was your guy i mean come on just do it in last january why would you wait on this why why well, why what well, the covid year last year i mean they had a pretty good team the lot and they've been pretty solid. They just keep having these hiccups, right? So last year was COVID. You're not going to, I don't think you're going to do it last year. You're going to roll the dice with them, give them a chance. But when you go out and you get blown out by Stanford after they just got smoked by Kansas State, it just screams of the dysfunction that I think we've all seen the past three years. And I can totally see where they were like, well, we'll give you a chance this year. But oh my God, that was so egregious. We have to let you go. But can you because see this? Can you see? Can you see this happening? USC running off nine or ten wins in a row. Now they've got, you know, their interim coach is. People are going, hey, maybe we should hire him as be our coach, and and it's just like, God, just go, just go out and do a real coaching search and and get it. No, I think they will. I, I think they'll do one. It, well, they didn't do it last time. He did win a conference. He did win a conference championship just three or four years ago, right? With uh, I. I'm not saying that I, I mean, I, I'm not saying the guy's not a good coach. I just, I, I'm just thinking from USC's, USC thinks it's, you know, a little bit better than the rest of us. And, you know, so go out and, you know, go out and act like that, I guess. I don't know. It's just, I kind of think they will, but that, that program, and Oregon State fans are probably like, why are they talking about USC so much? Because that's your first Pac 12 game. Who are they yeah. going to be? Like in two weeks that you're going to just have had all this upheaval. Does this make them ripe for an upset? Are they even any good? But when you look at the recruiting rankings every year, they're reeling in star players. But there's a difference between being a highly touted recruit and a guy who actually loves football and wants football and is going to grind and be disciplined. My God, they're so undisciplined. That Pac-12 title game last year against Oregon, their offensive line was just an absolute disaster. That's what lost in the game. Every, everywhere else, they were probably a little bit better than Oregon. But it's just amazing to me that you can recruit all that talent and not be able to put it together. And it just shows just how great Pete Carroll actually was because they've struggled to put it together since then. So I'm going to skip ahead Idaho. We all know they're going to be Idaho. Do you think Oregon State has what it takes to go there and defeat what might right now either be a dysfunctional team in upheaval or a team that's going to get a new voice and maybe straighten out its act? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, if I'm Oregon State, I would have liked to play it against Clay Elton just because, <laughs> well, I just think you bring in a new guy and for all I know, you know, it's gonna it's gonna energize them, and they're gonna start right. playing like the five and four star guys they have. I mean, so maybe you can go beat them and get some of those guys a transfer to Oregon State. Well, maybe I don't know, but they got Washington. USC has Washington State this week, so that that'll be interesting to see how that that goes. But yeah, I mean, if, I mean, can you imagine Oregon uh, USC losing to Washington State and you know being zero and two going into the Oregon State game? Oh my God, that would be that'd be crazy. But I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just, yeah. From an Oregon State standpoint, I don't really, I wouldn't really like it, just because I just think it's something that could get them turned around. We've seen this before at USC with Helton and with Ed Orgeron. Same thing. I mean, we've had this happen a couple times. So, okay, so that game is coming up, and of course, we're gonna assume they beat that Oregon State beats Idaho. That puts you at two and one. You need four more wins, right? Six is still the bowl eligible number, right? They didn't change that. No. <laughs> when I hit the cover of the Blazers, guys, I want to make sure. <laughs> um, what's funny about college football is the teams that appear to be beatable or unbeatable sort of change week to week for a while. Right. You know what's going on. Like the Pac-12 North, the first week was just horrible. 
and now Oregon beats uh, or Ohio, Ohio State. State. Cal looks solid against TCU. Um, Stanford blows out SC, uh, et cetera. So, and then Oregon State with Hawaii. So the question now is, if we assume two and one going into Pac-12 play, then this Beavers team, based on what you've seen, because we're not, like you said, we're not going to learn much in the Idaho game unless they lose it. Uh, does this have, en- this team have enough to win four Pac-12 games, given that the North is still a little shaky? SC, who knows what's going on with that? That team right now. Well, they won four. They won four Pac-12 games in 2019 with a team. You, I mean, with a team you could say certainly wasn't as good on the defensive side, and you know, at, at may, m- might not be quite as good on the offensive side, just because there's no Isaiah Hodgins, no Jamar Jefferson. Mm-hmm. But you know, you look at who they got coming up. You know, the SC. Who knows? They got Washington, Washington State. Those are certainly winnable games. Then you got a bye. You got Utah at home. Tough. That'll be a tough game. California. They play down there. They've beaten Cal the last two years. That's certainly a winnable game. Colorado at Colorado. That's a winnable game because I don't know if Colorado's going to have any offense at all this year. Right. And then and then you've got Stanford, Arizona, Arizona State at home, and Oregon. So four wins. I. I see that 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 October's October's being the big the big month to make hay. If you could beat Washington, Washington State, and Cal, at least get two of those three, that gets you to four, and then maybe there's another surprise win somewhere. And then you just have to win one in November. So, right. And it's not like when it's not like we're talking about being great to get the six wins. I mean, you don't need to be great to win six games. You just need to be okay because six and well, six means. All you are, you all you are is okay. They haven't so. been okay in a long time. That's why. No, they haven't been okay in a long time. Well, I agree. Although they're definitely getting better, no doubt about that. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna say SC they're gonna lose just because SC is gonna out athlete them. Like even if SC has some dysfunction, they have so many athletes. I think they figure out a way to win that game against Oregon State. So they're two and two now after that. Washington, Washington State for me. If they can win both of those, they're gonna get six. They split to coin toss. They lose both of them. Forget it. You can't split with those two teams. I can't see how they find, you know, another. Because if you, if you split, even if you split, you're still going to find three wins. If you don't get the split and lose two, there's, there's no way I see them winning four of their final six. Utah, Stanford, ASU, and Oregon. I just don't buy it. So they're going to have I, to I, split with Washington. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. They have to split, at least split with the Washington schools, and probably need to sweep. The, the problem is, Washington, Washington State, and Stanford, those are teams they haven't beaten for a long, long, long time. They almost and, had Washington last year, though. Well, they've almost beaten Stanford a number of times, too, but they just yeah. can't finish it. So, but, but, I mean, it seems like this is their best team in a while. Washington is, appears to be a little down. Washington State is down. And, um, you know, Stanford, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Stanford yet. I wasn't sure. I wasn't, I thought they might have been the, they might have been the second worst team in the conference after last week, and then they go out and drill a USC. So I don't know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they got to split against the Washington schools, and I know we're getting way out of ourselves here, but but it's Idaho yeah. week. What else are we gonna do? Right, exactly. <laughs> you want to go cover a bowl game, don't you? Uh, it depends what it is. <laughs> if it's right at Christmas, not really, because. You know, I like to, like 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 to see my kids, but um, yeah, no, I mean, be, I think it'd be fun for the Beaver fan base, but long way, long long way to go. You know, they can win these next two, then then I think you know, then you start 
you know, if you win Idaho and SC, that then things really start start looking good. But all right, let's shift. Let's get a little bit of talk about the Vandals, Idaho. Yeah, the Vandals. <laughs> for a second. Wait a minute. Yeah, Vandals. Uh, Idaho Vandals are one and one. They got smoked by Indiana, fifty six fourteen. That was after they took down Simon Fraser sixty eight to zero. So, uh, you know, if I'm a Beavers fan, I want to see a similar score to what Indiana did to Idaho. That's that to me. That's the benchmark. That's what you want. You want to drop fifty something. You want to hold them under twenty. That to me would say a lot. If you win forty four, you know, twenty eight, almost like this last game was to me against Idaho. That's not a loss, but it's not a good showing. It doesn't instill confidence that you're going to win four in the Pac-12. What do you think they need to do this weekend to sort of show that they have indeed improved and look like a team that can win four in the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, you're paying these guys $675,000 to come in and give you a W. That's, that's what you're doing. Can <laughs> um, we get that? What's that? Oh, yeah, can, no. Can I, we get an Oregonian team? Or no, no, I don't think they would give us that. But yeah, I mean, the Indiana, I looked at the Indiana, just briefly looked at Indiana. I mean, Indiana didn't have, I think they had somewhere around 360 yards of offense, and they still started 56 because they special teams just dominated stuff. Um, Idaho's putter um, actually punted for Oregon State last year, and he averaged 50 yards a punt on, on seven punts, but I think one of them got returned for a touchdown, and another one got returned for quite a ways, so... I just, man, yeah, it, it, you know, we talked about being 31 7, almost 31 7 at half against, um, Hawaii. It better be 31 to 7 at half against Idaho because that, that's, that's the difference between these two teams. I mean, it, it should be pretty immense. I'm going to shift gears to something else real quick before we give our prediction. So you mentioned, I'm just making up a topic here. You mentioned Jebbia coming back in, in a few weeks. Do you think his return would raise the possibility that this team can win four, or do you think Nolan will be just as good? I mean, I mean, when when they were playing and when they were full at full health in camp, Jebby was looked like he was a better player. But I mean, you know how it goes in football. If your quarterback's hot, you don't you you don't fool around with it. You just don't you know you just don't mess right. with that. And so if he keeps playing like this, he's done this for five quarters now, which isn't very long, but. I, I expect he's going to keep it up against Idaho. You know, if he goes down to SC and has a good game down there, I, I just think it's going to be tough for them to to bring anybody in off the bench unless Nolan gets hurt because right. you just don't mess around with a with a quarterback that shows he could play and, and move a football team. So I don't know. You know, Jebby is kind of a week to week thing. I mean, we need to see him actually get in practice, get behind center, start throwing some passes, start running some offense for it. Really, it's even a, you know, it's even a discussion. I hear you. Okay. So what's your prediction for Saturday? You know, I picked it 48 to seven this morning because Jonathan tends not to run up the score in these, in these type of games. I mean, they got up on Cal Poly like 38 to nothing. His first year, it was in the, maybe in the early, late in the second quarter. I think the final was 48 to 25. I mean, they just, they just don't, and in, in other teams they play, they just don't tend to run it up. I think I want to see, you know, we might see Sam Vidlak Saturday for all I know, you know, the, the freshman quarterback that 
Oregon State fans think is you know the next Heisman Trophy winner at some point. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but we're but I mean I mean I could see I could see it being you know pretty much over by halftime and then Oregon State playing a lot of guys in the second half to get them some experience. So I don't I you know on paper you could say it's going to be sixty to fourteen, but I just don't think Jonathan's going to press the pedal that hard once once it's in in hand. All right, I was going to go fifty six fourteen just to match the Indiana score, but you make some great points. And now I'm going to drop it down to 46-14. Oregon State, they take care of business, make an easy win out of it, get a lot of experience with some younger guys, and get ready for the mighty. How do you get to, how do you get to 46? I'm trying to oh, think how you get what? to 46. I mean, you missed extra point. point or something. The kicker is money; he doesn't miss. So I'm, are I figure. Like are you one of these guys who like nitpicks the score? And wants to know how yeah, yeah. Play? Well, I like to have a realistic the score. Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl forty-six to ten, so they I got they the were, forty-six. Well, they, they, were, they, they were a weird team. So, yeah, it would take a safety or something like that. So okay, Aaron's called. Aaron's called for the defense to rise up and get a safety on Saturday. You go for two or something? No, you want to go against Idaho? No, that's okay, not going to happen. Okay, 47-14. Okay, there you go. 48-40. Yeah, 47 because that's four field goals. So, yeah, that'd be, that be that makes more sense. Yeah, that's that's better. Well, you know, okay. I, 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 lo- I love math, so, you know. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to touch on with these Mighty Beavers? No, I talked to uh, the Pac-12 commissioner today, and oh, and I'll have I'll have something on I'll have something on Oregon Live tomorrow. I pretty much the entire interview was about Oregon State related things since he was at Oregon State last week, and and I'll have something on there. He 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 was pretty. I asked him questions like, um, you know, can you assure Oregon State alums that you know they're going to be in this for the long haul as part of the Power Fives and Pac-12s and you know, questions like that, and so we'll see what those answers say tomorrow on Oregon Live. <laughs> All right, be sure to check that out, and also be sure to return next week to the Beavers Banter Podcast as we take a small relook at the Idaho game, unless something dramatic happens. But we talk a lot about the USC game and preview Oregon State as they head into the Pac-12, where they look to become bowl eligible for the first time since. 2013? Correct. 2013. Eight years. It's got to happen. It's bound to happen. This is the year. I want to see it happen. We need the Beavers back. We need the Beavers back as a a, a formidable foe foe in the North. All right. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Give us a positive rating. And we'll see you back here next week on the Beaver Banter 